There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for Bryan Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the CDC, frostbite is an injury to the body that is caused by freezing. Frostbite can cause a loss of feeling and color in affected areas, and it most often affects the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, or toes. And frostbite can permanently damage parts of the body and in severe cases can lead to amputation. My guest today is Dr. Jay Meyer. He's an emergency medicine doctor at Bryan Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Meyer. Tell us what is frostbite, what causes it, and how quickly can people get this? Hey, uh, thank you very much. You summed it up pretty well. So both of us know it can get awful cold, pretty painful, and frostbite can occur. Now, first of all, let me just come up with a couple of general housekeeping issues here. As an emergency room doctor, there's a couple things you want to do besides not freeze yourself in the winter. Don't hang up Christmas lights on a ladder if you're not so inclined. And never put your hand in a running snowblower. Those are great things. bits of advice. That's a couple of things we see every year in addition to frostbite. So moving along, uh, so the frostbite, now remember this is local versus like hypothermia, which is more of a systemic decrease in body temperature that everybody worries about. Uh, the, the frostbite is something's going to happen, like you said, on the extremities. It's a, a local injury, and it's basically, like you said, it is frozen skin, frozen human skin, and even deeper down to tissue, muscle, tendons, depending on how bad it gets. It's a continuum. It can be easily reversible, a little painful, all the way to major tissue damage, and like you said, amputation at the very worst. So the way I think about it, and like you said, it's almost universally on the extremities. That's the nose, ears, uh, face, hands, feet, uh, basically because they're further away from the core of the body. They're very often exposed, and the body wants to try to maintain its core temperature of 98.6 in the summertime. You may sweat to uh, maintain that. And in the wintertime, your body has to bring the blood flow from the cold extremities back to the core. When that happens, if your hands and feet are cold, they're going to start getting less blood flow. They're going to get even colder. And that's when some of the tissue damage can occur. And the way to think about it is it's not like an ice cube or a popsicle that you can just freeze and then thaw and then freeze again. You're talking about human cells that have a big job to do, very complex. There's proteins that can get denatured, enzymes get destroyed, biochemical processes just don't work when they're frozen. So it's pretty complex, and that's where some of the uh, the damage is going to occur when it gets just too cold to function and or literally frozen. What are some of the signs and symptoms? What should people look for in those extremities to say, oh, you know what, this is, this is getting dangerous now? Well, very fortunately, uh, most of us uh, have our wits about us enough to know that it's just cold and it's uncomfortable and we want to get out of there. But again, it is a, a continuum from just a little bit of damage to, to further damage. What, uh, what we need to think about is uh, a lot of this does not become apparent until quite a bit later in the course of rewarming, even hours to days. So the initial, what you see initially, uh, can be much more pronounced as things actually rewarm and the, the damaged cells try to repair and the inflammatory mediators are, are released. If you think about it, if you ever touched a hot stove and you got maybe just a little teeny white spot on your fingertip and 
couple hours later, you got a big blister, and a couple days later, you got a big mark, and it looks worse. Anyways, similar, it, it's similar. So what we're normally going to see for the signs and symptoms, people go out, maybe you forget to wear gloves or you don't wear a mask, and you get kind of pale and cold in your fingers or your nose, and that's frost nip. There's no real damage done there. It's pale. It's painful. It's not permanent. You go inside, you rewarm, you're fine. When you're talking about uh, uh, actual frozen skin or frostbite, there's uh, first to fourth degrees. Your first degree, maybe you're out too long. You're going to see some, uh, uh, it's, it's partial skin freezing, superficial. You can get red. You can get some edema or that's just swelling. Usually no blisters with first degree, just kind of painful. And sometimes the skin can peel off or slough maybe five to ten days later. Now, if you stay out even longer than that and or you can't get in and you get to second degree, that's going to start being some more full thickness. You can get red. You can get swelling. In a few hours, you can get generally clear blisters, and these are full of inflammatory mediators. And sometimes six to 24 hours later, more blisters, maybe some skin sloughing there as well. Third degree, you're getting worse. You're going to see some red skin, some swelling, and then it's deep enough that you often get blood-filled blisters, skin sloughing, and sometimes it can even be numb there because you've been, it's gone so deep that the nerves are even affected, so actually you feel like you just got a big block of wood for an extremity. If you're out there to get bad enough to get fourth degree, you basically got an icicle for a limb, and it's not going to do well. That's going to be a lot of permanent damage. But fortunately, most of us are going to get out before that. Dr. Meyer, as, as a parent, we often tell our children put a hat on and because of their ears, but they don't want to put a hat on. Do you have any advice for parents on what they can tell their children about the importance of keeping their ears covered? Uh, the ears, like, uh, like we talked about earlier, any of the extremities, ears are going to be almost uh, number one along with the nose because it's just the vascular supply is very, it's the end of it. And it's a very exposed area, and it's a very thin area. So especially if there's any wind, yeah, the ears are going to be affected. And the one thing you can tell them, depending on uh, if they're old enough to understand, is that uh, most people have heard uh, that exposed head and neck account for about 80% of the heat loss. So if you can do a mask or a hat and even a scarf, that's going to help protect them a lot from feeling cold you know, all, all over to protect that 80% of that heat loss. People wear masks. Maybe they're going to wear their hat and scarf in this cold weather. What about your eyes, Dr. Meyer? Are they at risk for problems in this cold? It's interesting you say that. Yes, the corneas can freeze as well. Um, but uh, typically where you see that is people who ski. And that's why, you know, those people always wear those uh, the uh, eye protection uh, when they're skiing, kind of those ski mask things that contain eye protection. And that's not just so the, the uh, snow doesn't blow in their eyes, but, uh, yeah, the corneas can actually uh, suffer the same type of uh, frostbite as other parts of the body. Now, how should someone treat it if they do notice their ears or their fingertips or their cheeks or any of these areas are starting to get those symptoms that you described, what then should they do? And, and should they use warming tools or hot water? Give us some of your best tips. The number one thing to do, uh, obviously, but sometimes not so obvious, is to get out of the cold. Uh, once you do that, you got to take off all the wet, cold clothes. Because as you know, uh, uh, anything moist or any type of moisture just 
adds to that amount of cold in the form of frostbite. So you've got to get cold, wet, and constrictive clothes off because if you've got clothes that are too tight and they constrict, well, then how is the blood flow going to get out there to, to warm you? So get out, take off the clothes, anything constrictive, cold, and or wet. And, yeah, warm water immersion has been pretty much the cornerstone of, uh, of treating cold or, and or frostbitten extremities. Now, you might want to uh, throw your uh, hand in front of the fire, which feels real good, um, but they've kind of shown that the, the dry heat uh, tends to co- dry out the skin more at a time when sometimes it could be predispo- predisposed to kind of sloughing off a little bit. So if it's minor and you sit in front of the fire and get some hot cocoa, well, that feels good. But if you got a real frostbitten uh, extremity, then, then you're supposed to do the warm water immersion therapy. But the main thing is get out of the elements. Get out of the wet clothes. Put on some nice, warm, dry ones. When do you think it's important to tell them to see a doctor? Most of these things are going to be able to be dealt with at home from a, a regular person standpoint. That is someone who's thinking properly and has the ability to get out of the elements. Um, but, you know... If you get to the point where you get some second degree, uh, uh, second degree, excuse me, frostbite, where you actually start getting some blisters, then I would recommend seeing someone because those can predispose to infection. And there's kind of the juries out on whether you pop them or not, which we call debreeding, uh, and then put some aloe and other lotions on there. You got to make sure your tetanus is up to date at that point, and you know you need to be monitored to make sure these things aren't getting infected. If it if it gets to the blister stage, I would suggest seeking treatment. So wrap it up for us and give us your best advice about preventing frostbite in the first place and what you tell people every day as an emergency room physician about this danger. You know, the number one cause of frostbite or frost nip is just inadequate clothing. Um, so you got to dress, like I said, not constrictive, something that's going to stay dry and do it in layers so it's nice, loose, fluffy, and just keeps you warm, keeps you dry. Uh, And like I said, the head and neck are 80% of the heat loss, so always make sure you get those warm gloves, uh, wool socks, and and, and stay dry. So most of us, if you just listen to your body, you know you're getting too cold, get in, get dry, get warm, and uh, that'll keep you safe. But one other thing, people who actually have other diseases, uh, diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, you know, there's some medications as well that are going to make you a little more prone to, to getting some frostbite. Thank you so much. It's really important information to hear. Thanks for being with us today, Dr. Meyer. You're listening to Brian Health Radio. And for more information, you can go to brianhealth.org. That's brianhealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.